Oh So Sensitive is Offbrand's hot new single, and it's out now on Spotify and YouTube and Napster and Apple Music and all of all of the places. all of that. It's out Tidal. there. It's on Title. You, you guys on on Title? Yep. Yeah. We should have fucking said it at the beginning. <laughs> so you can just edit this in. Yeah, splice, I, I could, yeah, yeah. Splice over a voiceover. Be like. Off brands, new song. Oh, so sensitive. I could Available just now. just put this ending section at the beginning, and then just leave it at the end as well. There you yeah. go. So they hear sure. it twice. That'd be You're awesome. hearing this twice. That'd be perfect. Efficiency. <laughs> Welcome back to Bit Depth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Joining with me is Santiago Ramones and, and Jack Martin. You're supposed to say Santiago ah, Ramones. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, Welcome back to <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the, the local music scene. You have a hot take, right? Yes. Hot take. Which one do you want? I got hot takes all day long. I mean, maybe the, the best take. What's the problem with the yeah. local music scene, yeah. Mac? Um, <laughs> go. So In 30 seconds or less. <laughs> Whoa. That's, that's not, not going to happen. happen. <laughs> <laughs> So the, there's been a big conversation lately among local musicians. The correct uh, answer was not enough ska, by the way, but carry on with I your I think answer. the big news has plenty to go around. Can't uh, have enough ska. Like they're like or, eight. Or uh, Don't Tell Dina said on their other podcast, uh, the big nudes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I literally just listened to that episode like last night. So it's all like every time you asked a question in the interview section, I'm like, what Don't Tell Dina responded with is rolling through my head, which is. Oh, Not okay. constructive, yeah, yeah. but I was like, oh, I remember these questions. <laughs> Deja Anyways, vu. Good. Anyway, um, <laughs> so this big conversation right now, uh, primarily centered around a specific venue, uh, which we already named in the last episode, so we can't really maintain plausible by deniability. VZDs. You didn't name them. Well, now well, you just now did. I God damn it. Okay, VZDs well, <laughs> uh, did, some, did some shit. Yikes. Uh, and... Um, I mean, I think it's fine to talk about it because they did do it. Yeah, they, they did, did it multiple like, times, and there's there's proof. We hold people accountable. There's proof that they did it. Yeah, and yeah. so it's not like this thing where it's like we're, you know, guerrilla mm-hmm. warfare or anything like that. And it also it doesn't invalidate problems from anyone else. It's just yeah. that the thing that started the conversation was mm-hmm. there were two or three different acts. Uh, Dr. Pants primarily, and then off-brand we had a bad experience that we kind of contributed, and then there were a couple others, which I don't remember specifically, but I'm sure nobody remembers off-brand specifically. Well, it was, it was a conversation either. more than, like, it was a broad, it was a bigger amount of time where artists had had bad experiences. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it is also indicative of kind of experiences that people have had throughout the yeah. it wasn't, uh, yeah, music it wasn't, scene. It wasn't just VZDs that yeah. this was the problem. With. Um, but the sort of the conversation that developed from there, so the problem seems to be that um, venues, promoters, um, sort of the people who are necessary but sort of ancillary to the music scene uh, don't value artists enough. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of been the uh, the thesis of the discussion, if you will. Um and I think there are definitely specific instances of venues uh, doing things that are uh, not good for artists, things that are, um, you know, arguably like objectively wrong uh, <laughs> and specific venues that do it worse and more often than others and whatever. Um, but I think that ultimately the thing that Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma City music scene needs are solutions that come from a much more uh, kind of holistic view of the situation. Uh, So a point that I've made a lot when this discussion has come up is that, like, obviously artists are the ones generating value in the music scene, and of course they should be paid for that. Um, They should be paid, you know, in my opinion, they should be paid first. Like, when money comes in the door, the first thing that should go to is who is providing the value. Yeah. that said, uh, as far as I know, nobody in kind of our sphere of the local music scene is making a living just playing in a band. God, no. Uh, there may <laughs> be a couple of people who are scraping by on just doing things kind of related to the local music scene. Mm-hmm. Um, people who do recording, people who do live sound and are also yeah. in four bands or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the fact is that none of these people live or die based on uh, 
money they do or don't make in the music scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, for venues and for sometimes uh, promoters or whatever the role happens to be, those parties do live or die based on money they make in the music scene. So I think that there's a certain amount of uh, generosity to be probably should be added into the conversation towards venue that like, no, like a venue has to have money, especially the few that are like primarily setting themselves up as we are a music venue. Right. You know, um, like, no, they have to make money or they go away and then there is no music scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's this been this tendency lately for musicians to, um, try to point blame at venues and promoters and say, well, if they get their shit together, then everyone's going to make money. <laughs> uh, but I think the root problem in the music scene. Also, the root problem. Uh, I, I don't, Are you I don't, familiar I, with the root? I am familiar of the root. I've, yeah, I've yeah. played there a couple times, but I don't know of any. They're straight up not making money. Yeah. So the root is a great example. So I wasn't sure if you were going to say, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to put the root in like the VZDs category. No, or no, no. Because I know. The root is, um, is like. They can't pay yeah. to like keep a, it going. The root is not a bar primarily. The root is a music a venue music primarily, venue. and mm-hmm. it has changed hands multiple times because mm-hmm. people just can't afford to keep it open. Um, and the root's not a bad. Like there are some, I think, clear things that they could do to be better. But the root is not a bad place at all. Like no. sounds pretty good. It's a cool space. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, I think ultimately the problem is that everybody who is a part of the local music scene. Like everybody who goes to local shows is in a local band. Yeah. So what you have is you have all of these people with their own jobs. They make their own money doing something else. They all come in, they play shows where they charge a cover. They go to shows where they pay a cover and all of the income, all of the, the money, the whole economy of the local music scene is just these local musicians just kind of passing around money between each other. And in order for a local music scene to happen, you need venues. Those venues have rent. Those venues have overhead. Mm -hmm. And so they are essentially just leeching money out of this kind of circular music scene. So you have no money coming into the scene from outside of it. And you've got money leaving the scene. And like, yes, venues should value artists more. But when that's the whole music scene, there, there's not – there are different choices that can be made, but I think it's hard to say that – barring some especially bad examples, it's hard to say that there are better choices that can mm. be made, you know, just different ones. You can make different sacrifices. Um, and I think it's a lot easier to put the focus on these individuals who run these things and say if they would – figure their shit out, then everybody would be doing better and everybody mm-hmm. would be making money and yada, yada, yada. But none of those uh, proposed solutions get more money into the scene. Right. The fact is that, like, uh, we don't live in a place where we get a, uh, like, a stipend for artists to just live yeah, and make yeah. art. Um, like, we live in a capitalist system. And so we have to get people who aren't um, – trying to draw money out of the scene to invest money into it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what the solution to that is. Um, like Jack and I have talked about it quite a bit because I think solving that problem is super, super relevant to our interests and our well-being as yeah. a band. And I think that's true for every local artist. But yeah, I mean, like it or not, you're here. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to, you, you can finish up. I don't, I don't want to derail you if you, if you were still going. Well, I mean, that's kind of, I was getting to the end, just like, the problem that we have to solve first, like holding venues accountable for being moral with the way that they handle their sure. business is kind of should be a given. It's not, but it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the actual problem that has to be solved before anything can really get better is like we have to figure out how do we reach just people who live in Oklahoma City, people who live in – Norman does a little bit of a better job of it. Tulsa mm-hmm. does – from what I understand, a pretty okay job of it. Like there are bands in Tulsa that are just bands in Tulsa and that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's probably very many of them, but it's a thing that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I think that's, that's where we are. And I think that's ultimately the problem that needs to be solved. And I think that, uh, all of this other stuff is, 
important but secondary. And it can be solved while we solve the other problems. I think that taking care of like the relationship between venues and artists and repairing that is going to mm-hmm. be helpful and important to moving forward. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, that's my, uh, yeah, yeah. That's my, my hot take. Yeah. And, and it's good to take an economic standpoint from it because that is, yeah. In the end, that is what we're talking about. We're talking about money. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, people always like third world countries are not poor because they're corrupt. They're corrupt because they're poor. Hmm. And our music scene kind of follows the same principle. Like when there's nothing going around and there are any parties that have to survive from it, then, um, you know, it's impossible to share. It's impossible to be fair. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's, uh, and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it, it, it's a part of the the culture of Oklahoma. Uh, and so I, I don't know how we change the culture of Oklahoma to sort of just change people's minds to go, there is music in Oklahoma. Right. And that music has value and you should go to these shows and pay for it. Right. Because... There's there's tons of people who live in Oklahoma and love music. Like freaking uh Moore's like water tower says like home of Toby Keith. Yeah. Like yeah. They they know like we all know that Oklahoma values music, but the consumers themselves aren't going, "Hey, I want to see music tonight." I'm going to go to a local venue and see that music, even though I'm not involved yeah. in music in any way, shape, or form. Right. That, And so, like, if, if the consumer's perception is just there's no music in Oklahoma, yeah. then we're not going to reach that out. Um, but, like, of, of course, you can go to L.A. and New York and Seattle and go, oh, we know there's local music here. You go to New York and you think like jazz or like New Orleans, you think jazz. Yeah. Uh, you go to Seattle and you have like these indie bands. And so like there's definitely like scenes going on and people know about it and it's part of the culture in those areas. But like there is – there's no non-musician consumer that is trying to – Tell every every other non musician consumer that there's music here. Well, I I think you're absolutely right, and I and I think that if you really want to talk about you want to talk about capitalism and economics yeah. and market share, uh, at the end of the day, and I've said this for fucking years, your band is a business, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not you like that or not. Mm-hmm. If if you want to have a career, and most people in the scene do want to have some kind of career, sure. your band is a business it's a fucking brand yeah so at the end of the day as shitty as it sounds you have to think like you're selling a product yeah so i i would agree 100 that it's a there's a cultural i I don't necessarily want to use the word problem but it it is about the culture Mm -hmm. in oklahoma now you said more you know home of toby keith right well right there you have a genre yeah yeah country Mm -hmm. okay That means that the market in Oklahoma, there's a good chance that some of these non-music consumers are consuming music. They're just not consuming the music that's being played at Mm -hmm. certain venues like the Deli or whatever. They're going to Toby Keith's Bar and Grill in Bricktown and seeing a country act. Right. Seeing country bands, right? And that's not to say that country musicians are not a part of the local scene, but they're not generally a part of... Our local this scene. kind yeah, yeah. of local scene, also, this conversation I mean, that we're having. Cutter Elliott is a really, really nice guy. Uh, See, I have he, no idea who that even yeah, yeah. is. Did he, he go to ACM? Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's stupid good. Yeah, he's really good, yeah. and he's like a really good country <laughs> yeah. act, yeah. and he's always playing shows. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, but like we as rock people or whatever, like yeah. non-country stuff, yeah. we look at country and you're just like, uh, but I'm like sure. It. And I'm sure <laughs> he does very well for himself. Like I, I would, uh-huh. I would, I would, I would hazard a guess that if he were to 
Um, and I have no idea what his business model is or anything like that. But I, I would, I would hazard a guess to say that he does better than the majority of yeah. you know a local rock band that does here. So the the point that I'm getting at is like absolutely you can you can try to make a culture change happen, and I think that that's important in a lot of areas. Um, but at the same time, you know, you also have to look at your band as a company that is selling mm-hmm. a product. If you have a fucking taco truck next to a dog food factory, you're probably not going to sell very many fucking tacos. Yeah. So you move your fucking taco truck and you try to sell some to some other people. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work out. So it's like if you have a problem with the culture or, you know, you feel like the, the problem is with the venues or whatever. Again, you need to look at the root of the problem. Mm. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think it's very important that venues appreciate the artists and I don't want to get away from that. But also if people are buying your shit somewhere else, focus on somewhere else. Yeah. If that, and sometimes this job requires you to move. Yeah. If that's yeah. the situation, sure. then that's a hard decision you're going to have to make it. You know, it's like, you can't, you can't just assume that the people will flock to you. Right. And mm-hmm. it's different in different places. Noise bleed sounded way fucking better in Tulsa than in Oklahoma city. Or Northern. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It had to do with the culture. But mm. other than that, I couldn't tell you what it is. Well, I think there is like a, a cultural assumption that just Oklahoma means country. Yeah. And. Oh, Matoba Keith. Yeah. Oh, Matoba Keith. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, I don't know, like there's so many not country things that are awesome yeah. going on here. And I mean, like, yeah, you can just go like, oh, but the Flaming Lips. But like, that's a whole other, like the Flaming Lips has ascended above this caliber of yeah. Yeah. what we're the, dealing the with. The Flaming Lips do not get famous with their identity tied to Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was never like flaming lips, the next hottest thing coming out of Oklahoma City. Right. You know, it was more <laughs> like, oh, there was this Seattle thing that was popular mm. that was kind of similar. And so <laughs> you would have assumed, oh, the flaming lips, the next hottest thing from Seattle. You would have been surprised. But I, what you were saying, Jack, about um, was when you first started talking about like country, it, made, it gave me a thought of like maybe this is a potential route to a solution because like the obvious solution is move somewhere where what you're doing will be that's a short-term well personal received. solution exactly right, it, works, yeah. it works for an individual or for an individual act but it doesn't fix the community correct mm-hmm. um but like why is country so popular in oklahoma is it's not popular in oklahoma city because oklahoma city is the country because it's not and exactly. it hasn't been in 60 years you know <laughs> um but it's it's popular because like, what role does it serve in society? Like, what do people like to do in Oklahoma? Mm. Right? They like beer, and mm. they like sports, and they like, you know, tailgates. And what improves that experience? It's country music. You know, mm. it's all about sort of glorifying this sort of working class lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very intentionally and very explosively like, like it, it pairs well with beer. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, Oh, so everybody has to do country because Oklahoma likes sports and beer. Uh, but like country doesn't do well because people are just absolutely obsessed with any one particular local in any one particular local country artist. They're not usually that distinctive from one another (laughs) anyway. Um, And everyone in Oklahoma city that I know of, they want to create this art and they want to make the statement and they want to sell this art to people. But ultimately what you're doing is you're selling an experience and you've got to decide like, what do people already want to do? What do people already value? What are people already willing to spend money on? And then out of that massive list of things you can probably come up with, what on that list does our music improve upon? And then you can tie yourself to that thing and then sell that. So like it's salesmanship and demographics and like all that stuff. Like we're a rock band, you know, sure. What things are improved by rock bands, bar fights, bars, (laughs) right? Like a a dark, dingy, smoky bar, uh, country music too. But the country music that does really well in those environments tends to be a little edgier anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Um, red dirt is exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> like we were talking about this a while back. Uh, I went to like three or four shows at the Blue Note in like a week and a half. Uh, just coincidentally, there were a lot of shows there that I want to see. Mm-hmm. And I realized there's a ton of people here and it's the same people, <laughs> even though it's not the same band. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's because those people want that experience. It's a lot of like, I don't know that they are bikers. There's definitely some bikes it's, in the parking lot. like damn near a biker bar. But they look like bikers. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they definitely want to like enjoy <laughs> that environment and that identity and a loud ass fucking rock and roll band on stage like is almost an essential part of that environment, Yeah, you know? Uh, so there are other things like that. Like, oh, if you're a, if you're some kind of like uh, hipster indie band, not to like talk bad about 98% of bands in Oklahoma city, but I'm uh, definitely a hipster indie band. So you, there you, you go. Have to Boom. Worry about I was going to say, um, who are you yeah. outing in this scenario? Like, <laughs> everyone. Um, but no, it's not a bad thing, but like what experiences are imp- that people are already ready and willing to spend money on yeah. are improved by that. Yeah. And there are like, there are classy restaurants, there are art festivals, there mm-hmm. are, um, you know, uh, different forms of performance that people are willing to at least uh, add some value to like theater or things like that, that you can maybe tie yourself into somehow. And um, when you, you can also, you can, you can look at the other bands that are, I mean, your definition of success can be loose, but (laughs) you know, um, like I said, I always like to look back at suit suit. Zoot suit had, crazy fucking following mm. and they knew how to work it they threw yeah, that yeah. house party like what twice a year or something yeah. like that that was huge mm-hmm. i mean like 300 fucking people would show yeah, up yeah. to that house and they had they had a niche and they knew where they were supposed to be they knew what they were supposed to be playing and they played perfectly to that audience and in that scenario they literally created their own venue yeah because that, well, that's kind of what the, the house. Well, <laughs> yeah, and it's like that's what that's what the that's what that culture but, was into. But they and other local bands thought of it like a venue. Like you wanted yeah. to play Baffa. Yeah. Like you want to play mm-hmm. Kane's yeah, Ballroom. It was huge. As soon as like anybody heard about Baffa was talking to anyone from the band, they were like, "Yo, can we fucking play Baffa yeah, this yeah. year?" And it was a huge thing to be on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, I mean, like. And what what you're saying is like, oh, what is like, you know, hipster indie stuff go into? And like immediately my mind went to like 23rd and like Paseo and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Bar uh-huh. hopping. Yeah. People yeah. want to go to all the neat little uh, like cocktail bars mm-hmm. and, you know, all the little cute little restaurants and having something. It's not I, I'm sorry, but it's not important what exactly your music is. It, it never has been. Sure. But like if if what you're providing is, oh, we are uh, some kind of music that's different. There Mm -hmm. are sounds coming off the stage that you don't usually hear. Mm -hmm. It adds to the experience that people are already willing to pay money for, which is novelty. Yeah. Yeah, And that's the same with any musical act at all. You know, it's like it's you got to know who you're supposed to be playing for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like how do you add to experience to an experience that your audience is already willing to pay for? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but at the same time, it's like what venues are in that area. There's like Sauced, which is a really small room. Yeah. yeah. There's The Root, which, I mean, it's a bar, uh, <laughs> but it's also kind of like removed from yeah. like Paseo and 23rd. And then like Tower. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. there's, there's definitely not that many venues, which is also a problem yeah. too because the, the, the venues that are – venues that are open you know can be very selective yeah. because mm. there are so many acts that want to play there just because yeah. of the lack of tower <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. this yeah. is where this is where the this is where the relationship with the venue starts to become very important because yeah. like yeah 23rd street every one of those little cocktail bars you could put a stage in there mm-hmm. they're pretty they're all pretty small you couldn't put a big stage in there right, but right. you could block out you know like Nine square feet right. in the back. But you know go, how many freaking like acoustic singer songwriters? I was gonna say, yeah, get those acoustic like, guys. And that's there's, good. There's lots of those. Yeah. I'm one of those. I can be. Yeah. So like, yeah, you can definitely. Mm-hmm. And like, how much are those, or have they already? How much money have those venues spent on getting their vibe right? 
You know, right, yeah, those yeah. places are decorated intensely and mm-hmm. intentionally. And you say, okay, let's have a band in here that reinforces that. And let's give them, you know, shit, like let's give them 5% of the bar. Just that's it. Sure. As long as you're in here playing music, you get 5% of the bar. Yeah. It's like, that's the and difference. Half drinks. Sure. Yeah, fine. <laughs> um, but like, that's like the yeah, difference between whether your tippers are feeling particularly generous or not. Mm. Like it's, it's a, that's a, that's a separate economy. It conversation. is. It is. Yeah. But, but yeah. That's well, it's a, the same when it goes back to the culture. Yeah. Yeah. It just circles yeah. back around again. Yeah. But like, it, but the point is like 5% at the bar is a write off. Sure. You know? Um, but when you have this environment where there is no money in the music scene, mm. venues, anybody that has a stage is wary of and kind of protective against local musicians Yeah, because they view it as, well, my, my patrons aren't used to hearing live music. They mm-hmm. want to talk. Now, realistically, you're not going to be any louder than the music playing over the speakers is anyway. Hell no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're blasting that shit. Yeah, exactly. In that scenario, yeah. But they're yeah. like, oh, but what if they're not good? And then people leave. But like. That's a risk you kind of need to take. And I think it'd be, I think it would be worth it to the bars, mm-hmm. you know? Um, well, because all the good acts leave. In right, the long exactly. run, it's I, a lot more useful to to invest in those artists because all the good ones leave. I plan to move to LA in twenty twenty one. Yeah, like yeah. I'm because there's this idea that like there's no future for me here. Yeah, and you know that you know that now, and like, that's so like it sucks. It sucks. And like yeah. it's not that I don't want to build up like the local music scene here. I, yeah. I feel like I'm. Uh, hopefully have contributed enough just by having this podcast. Yeah. Um, you definitely enriched the environment and had <laughs> conversations like this, which are important. But, I don't, but I don't plan on staying here. Yeah, yeah. And so like, yeah, if, if, if again, if not just the venues, cause again, we can't pin it all on the venues, but if the culture allows these acts to thrive without having this sort of like, patting ourselves on the back for like, hey, look, we put on, you know, Norman Music Fest and like, yeah, I'm playing Norman Music Fest and all that. But it's like they pride themselves on like, oh, we play every or we pay every act. It's like, yeah, but if you pay a five piece band and a twenty five dollar gift card to the garage. Yeah, that's. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um, But (laughs) yeah, like and so it's hard. Uh, because yeah, they have so many stages and all this stuff to like organize and stuff. But like if all of those venues that are Norman music fest are prepared to have music all the time, then that scene could actually flourish a bit more rather than just here's one time a year that we have, that we open up all these stages and have all this stuff going on. It's like, well, Look at all these venues that suddenly we have. Yeah. I mean, if that was the case, it would look like Austin. Yeah. You know, just because it would be there'd be live music coming from every fucking open door, you know, on mm-hmm. Main Street or whatever the situation is. And Norman is way better than Oklahoma City, to be fair. Norman is mm-hmm. way better. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like having to try. And, Norman, and Norman's to Norman. <laughs> relative to like music scenes at large, Norman still sucks. And it's yeah. way better than Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a situation where I think, <coughs> I mean, the, at the end of the day, you know, what would it take? Mm-hmm. You know, and like take it, have a conversation with other musicians, other venues, because I feel like, and you know, I'm kind of fresh on the scene myself, but like, I don't know what relationship I have with venues. Yeah, like I feel like. You know, sending an email being like, hey, can I play your thing is like the extent to the relationship yeah. that I have with venues yeah. mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like talking to whoever is doing the bookings or talking to the owner and like yeah. actually seeing like what we're doing and knowing about that. But if like, you know, we need to be interconnected rather yeah. than just like a hard cutoff between musician and venue and consumer and whatever that means. Right. <laughs> I have a take for that too. Go for it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so I feel like there's a, there's a three-step process. Like, first sure. of all, understand 
under my three-step umbrella plan. Exactly. <laughs> here in my first hundred days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. um, okay, so first of all, understand that we we exist in a capitalist music scene, mm-hmm. and start thinking about okay, where is there already money? How do we insert ourselves into that? Mm-hmm. Which we talked about, and then the like second thing is like okay, now we have to establish what is the role of venues or promoters or whoever mm. in that and um then it's like how do we actually put these things in mm-hmm. into uh uh you know how do we make these things actually happen yeah and there were a lot of different solutions to a whole bunch of different problems that kept coming up sort of repeatedly during this first huge wave of this conversation that mm. happened and um a lot of things that people proposed sounded an awful lot like a union, you know? <laughs> and I believe the word union was used. Probably by me. Multiple times. <laughs> I, I saw I saw a couple different people that were saying we need a musician's union that would mm-hmm. basically blackball certain venues. That uh, and that's wouldn't. not – I feel like that is one – It's it's easy that's, to say – That's we, kind of a militant approach to like just like – Hard line. I mean, well, that that, that yeah, was yeah. the immediate problem right, that they right. wanted to tackle. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. was that, and then they, it was like because that's what yeah. the conversation was. It's a very yeah. negative conversation, yeah. and ultimately, I don't think, I don't think the problem can be rested on any individual shoulders, and so I don't think you can solve it by sticking it to any individual <laughs> party. Right. But um. But like, okay, having a large group of musicians that make up between the lot of them a significant audience of people who will come out to shows, mm. who will spend money at bars, who will pay a cover. Um, you know, and I can think of a dozen bands off of the top of my head to fulfill that criteria. They're not mm-hmm. making any money, but they they have all those things. So sure. You're saying like bands that have enough draw. Yeah, just any draw. And, but in, on their own, it's still not enough. It's like, oh, you're going to bring – you know, 20 people out to my bar that usually serve 60 and that I have to have 100 people come in to really make a difference. Yeah. Uh, it's not enough. But if you have all these venues, go, okay, here's the deal. You have all the venues or all the bands? All the bands, sorry. All, okay. Or not even all the bands, just enough significant bands. You go, okay, mm-hmm. all of these bands, um, say, okay, here are the terms if you want to book any of these bands. This is the minimum. And then if you want to compete, then you've got to go above it. And say, in return, obviously, like – you'll have access to all these artists and we'll be willing mm-hmm. to pay, play your venue. We'll have people come out to shows, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. doesn't have to be like, there are a lot of models for paying bands for shows that don't actually put a lot of risk onto sure. uh, venues, yeah. you know? Percentage uh, is a great way of doing that. Too. Like a percentage of the bar is perfect. I don't know why more people don't do it. Um, but, um, and then if anybody's like not willing to do that, you just go, okay, well have fun with, the rest of the music scene, which uh, if this works out well, the rest of the, the music scene will be like, oh, you join this organization and you benefit from it. You get better terms for gigs. Mm-hmm. Like the only places that are going to be booking bands outside of this organization are kind of by definition like not booking bands with very favorable terms. So sure. you are proposing a union? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's okay. definitely That's what I'm saying. Like, okay. it's like, <laughs> Just to clarify that that's, but, that's what happened. But like, union, what you're describing is a union. Yeah. <laughs> and then a union, but like a union in in total, not just like mm. a union, like we're all going to get together and agree to never play VCDs again. Yeah. Because I don't think that's so you're constructive. Saying you de- you have to have actual positive elements to this to this union that provide benefits for both the venues yeah. and for and the bands. And maybe Ooh. bands have to pay in. Like, not like you're not going to pay a due because – that's annoying. To join it. It's annoying. Bands already don't have money. You yeah. just are re- – you're reinforcing the problem of yeah. uh, all the money I'd going into like the system is coming from the like, side of it. Not necessarily like audition, but like have – meet certain criteria. That's it's what like, I do was you have, say. Do you have music out? Is it of a certain quality yeah. that you think that at yeah. least the yeah. rest of the group agrees like this is – yeah, good yeah. Yeah. music that we would like to promote. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to have standard standard criteria as far as you know music quality, like certain qualifications for maybe for um, for social media, like not necessarily like you have to have X amount of followers, but like you have to have a professional looking like mm-hmm. Twitter page, and yeah. you have to you know fucking post so yeah post regularly and, and stuff like that. And I mean, I mean, if you wanted to really go just like full tilt into this, you might even have a 
uh, like a, a voting process. Yeah. Like maybe you have like a small board of like one representative from 10 different bands votes on if a new band can join the or whatever. coalition or whatever. But like, I mean, and that all gets into the, the nitty gritty of it, but also like it gives you, it gives bands motivation to do really well too. Cause there are also problems of, um, it's not even for anyone in particular. It's kind of just endemic that like, Oh, bands will book shows. They will get other people on shows and then bands will not communicate. Well, bands will cancel last mm-hmm. minute. Um, and that hurts everybody. And then yeah. you could say, Oh, well, if you want to participate in this, you've got to follow through on stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like, cause, cause then we hold ourselves to a higher standard exactly. and it's like, Hey and then man, the venue's still really good this. about, yeah, yeah, yeah. You canceled on this last gig. Like, I don't know if I want to book you on another one. Exactly. <laughs> and then we can just, we can just basically tell venues like, Hey, uh, you know, we're not holding this. We're not holding your requirements for booking this band to the same standard that we do everyone else, because mm-hmm. they're not following through on what we expect from local musicians. Yeah. And ah, um, oh, there was something else. Is this the first step? Still? No, this is step three. Okay, I was. Whoa. Okay, I kinda, <laughs> no, first step. I got first lost step was a flurry of activity. <laughs> just like now, recognizing so. that we live in a capitalist system and trying to think about things accordingly. Gotcha. And then enough. second is established that we need strong relationships with venues and and then three is like unionize and unionize is how you make it happen and form a militant group actual ak-47 and go wear bandanas and leather you can't have bump stocks though no bump stocks no bump stocks but you can throw molotovs through a window and (laughs) pretty sure those are also good old-fashioned that's definitely illegal talking about music that's good for situations rock music excellent for riots so if (laughs) you need a band to play your political riot let's start a riot a riot a riot stop please do not stop make the fbi raid no it's it's lyrics for my podcast who is that three days grace Grace. yeah (laughs) that that old nugget of a thing i haven't thought of three days grace in such a long time and i'm unhappy now that i have (laughs) fun fact fun fact i saw three days grace once and uh on accident (laughs) i saw them i saw them and it was me and my friend and he was sitting next to this girl who could not have been more than 13 years old and the lead singer for three days grace Steps up to the microphone and he goes, have you ever fucked someone that you hate? And this little girl goes, yeah. And my friend and I just look at each other <laughs> and we were like, we are in the wrong place right now. <laughs> it's very sad. Yeah. So sad. I mean, that is kind of a decent, like, if, if you're describing Three Days Grace. Just yeah, that was like, that was all l- I needed. A 13-year-old girl <laughs> yelling, yelling, yeah, about hate about fucking. Ha- hate fucking. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't need that in my life. That's an experience I could have lived without. Anyway. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, it, it also, like, even with, like, unionizing and having a good relationship with venues, it still doesn't, like, break out of this, like, music circle. So, And that that's the harder part. Like, so, like, the Gazette is really good at promoting local artists. I think where union solves that problem is it just gives you a much larger organization with a lot mm-hmm. more pull that will help like local publications notice, help yeah. local, um, you know, local TV news notice. And mm-hmm. um, also like, let's say, okay, if you book a gig kind of within the union, mm-hmm. then a, Percentage and it can be a really small percentage of the revenue from that gig just goes to the union, and then the union can put on their own like festivals or things like that, yeah. but are not so much like I feel like a lot of festivals exist for the purpose of giving bands a place to play, yeah. But like, put on maybe it's not a festival, but some event that is specifically about like let's get more people aware of local music, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, honestly, you could even work out a deal with an existing festival to have your own, like, union-sponsored stage. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, if you could get, like, the, the side stage at Norman Music mm-hmm. Fest, one of the bigger ones, and say, you know, these are, this is like a union showcase or some shit, yeah, where yeah. it's like you have five of the, the most popular yeah. union bands, and they all kind of say their spiel about Local music, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. not calling it union band because that just sounds. Really, oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So so yeah. shitty. 100%, 100%. <laughs> um, this is the union recital stage. Oh god. 
that, that's still like that's still something for the bands, which yeah. obviously there's a lot of things in this that are for the bands. It's primarily for the bands. Like that's mm. the problems that are being solved. But also like I'm talking about putting on events that are specifically for people that aren't yeah. musicians. Like yeah. things that are um you know, maybe oh, all these union kind of dues sort of go into. Uh, let's put on a show at a great location that has super cheap drinks yeah. because we can subsidize that. Yep. People want to come out specifically to see all these bands, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people get defensive. They're like, "Oh, but they're not coming out to see my band. They're coming out to drink." I'm like, "Yeah, but if they're drinking Good. and you don't suck, they will you fall in love with your band." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um. And also with that, I think that um, I have two separate thoughts. Uh, also including like producers, um, managers, and like photographers, like videographers yeah, and stuff. Not? Everyone that's involved in the music scene. It's not just bands. It's it is producers. It is like and all of the things involved in making this thing happen. So yeah, mm-hmm. you, you have managers and like a list of managers you have a list of producers you have a list of photographers and like people who can help you make videos and like branding footage and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that is also like associated with the thing so that we sort of all look better together and it's like hey who got who did your guys's music video it's like oh this person and then you go like to their account and it's like wow they do really great photography and then they get more stuff. So, like, we're all helping each other. But then also I think that there might be stuff, like, already in place that just needs to get, like, Doesn't have synergized support. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like, the Oklahoma Film and Music Office has, like, a giant database of Oklahoma musicians. Yeah, but nobody's doing anything They, they with don't it. do anything with Wait, am I on this database? Like, Probably. Are you? I don't know. You just sign uh, up for it. No, when we when we uh, applied to Norman Music Fest, we automatically got added. Oh, neat. Okay. Weird. Yeah. Huh. And then if you apply to like the Oklahoma City Arts Festival, it's the same thing. There's a lot of different things that are like big community events where you automatically get put into that. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I'm in it, but like again, I don't think they're like doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, what's it for? That's a good question. I mean, like exactly. It, it's like a dad. I guess you know somebody if, thought this would be a good step in solving all these problems, right? Exactly. And so maybe they were just like, "Oh, what if there was a list so that if like a venue wanted, oh, like my people want, you know, a country act, and so they go into the thing and type in country, and then mm-hmm. you get like this massive fucking list yeah. of all the country acts in Oklahoma. Interesting. Yeah. The same thing. But the methods by which bands find you know whatever videographers photographers the methods mm-hmm. by which venues find bands and all of this stuff already exist and trying to come up with something totally separate if it's not where people's minds naturally go mm-hmm. isn't really super helpful it can be a part of it but i think with the union idea you kind of take the things that are already happening yeah, yeah. and you just solidify it into like uh, an actual like established community and mm-hmm. system yeah and I mean, there there are already like some like music groups and like labels and stuff like, like that. Cellador kind of tried to do that. I think that was ultimately their who goal. Cellador Music Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them at all. Um, kind of. The know, name rings a bell, but I don't know who. They yeah. Are. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Odrovix used to be really involved with them. Okay. And now cool. now he's doing Make Oklahoma Weirder, which yeah. isn't trying to do as much. Uh, it's really just trying well, to be it's a more publication, a, a journalistic effort. Yeah. 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 Um, but I know he would absolutely be down to... Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's also, like, uh, Heller Music Group was going strong for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not Stephanie Heller's in law school, so that's a little bit slowed down. But, <laughs> um, but I mean, like, there's already slight things kind of everywhere. Uh, same with uh, Christian Pearson, uh, OK Sessions, yeah, um, is doing cool stuff. But, like, even still, I feel like there are times when it gets kind of, like, too insular where we, like, again, creating this sense that, and I mean, I I want to talk to 
Christian Pearson. And if you're listening, you can be on the podcast. But uh, <laughs> if you're um, an hour and a half into the second episode of Offerings <laughs> podcast, Christian um, hit Santiago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I I do think that like, sort of creating this sense that like, oh, the music scene is like blowing up is not the goal. Is I don't yeah. like that. That's what the conversation is among musicians, especially if there are still situations where lots of people aren't getting paid. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, yeah, there is a lot of like work and stuff that you have to put into it. And like, yeah, the people who are getting a bit more success are people who are kind of able to put that much more work into it. Um, and so, yeah, kind of having some sort of infrastructure, like everyone talking to each other to be able to like lift each other up. But like, that's the thing is that like color music puts on awesome, great shows and like they have great music and what they do is awesome. But they're also like established musicians. They all have jobs in the music industry. Everybody knows each other in that band. And like, that's a, that's a huge thing. It's great. Um, but like anyone else that like some band that just formed out of ACM that like kind of doesn't know what they're doing, they don't have that same kind of infrastructure to be able to put on something like color music can. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I do think that like having a a group, but it's just like, we need to be able to actually talk to each other and agree on some of that. Mm. Um, because, yeah, at some point, if, if we don't, then everyone, like myself, is just going to move away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just going to leave. <laughs> and it's not like I'm also leaving because I want to make music for video games. That's not going to happen in Oklahoma City. Yeah, that, that's not going to happen in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's well, like, theoretically, you could go start that career, move back, and it not really matter. Like, if you can start that career somewhere where video games happen... You don't have to stay where video games right, happen right, yeah, to yeah. do the work. But yeah. Anyway. Um, no, but like. But you'd probably. I'd rather be somewhere else. I know. <laughs> I mean, and that's a big part of the problem, too, is that like, <laughs> is that like you know, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to move away. Yeah. But like most people that are doing music in Oklahoma now want to move away. That's fine. And a lot of it is not entirely having to do with, you know, you're not making waves here as right. Yeah. Yeah. Some people just want to move away and that automatically makes you much less invested in trying to change the overall culture. If you're like, yeah, but like I could also move to Austin and you know, that's kind of what I want to live anyway. So why would I spend three years of my life trying to make this thing happen when I'm just going to move anyway? I'm definitely going to spend a year of my life trying to make this thing happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Even though I'm going to move away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like... But then if you get something started that mm-hmm. is doing really, really well, mm-hmm. there's no guarantee that when you leave, it doesn't just kind of... Like, that's what happened with Cellar Door, is all the people involved just kind of moved on with their careers mm-hmm. into, you know, bigger and better things. Right. And then it just kind of went away. And then everything just... Says, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that and that is kind of like that's a sort of separate thing is that making sure that our posterity gets the same yeah. things that we set up. Uh, <laughs> that's why union? You, if you do a union, you have like a constitution basically, and you yeah, say yeah. the organization is basically this document, you know, and mm-hmm. whoever whoever goes through the process laid out in this document to be a part of it, then there's a voting body and all that. And like, sure. Even if the people who are leading it go away, there's an established way to just like Mm. keep it going. Or if it does fall apart, there's an established way to like Mm. set it back up again. Yeah. And I mean, like, so in the conversation of unions, like, um, there, there's two extremes on it. So like the film scene, in like LA, for example, is heavily unionized, yeah. uh, especially because you know film has been around forever now, and um, like you can't act on a thing 
that like pays more than this amount and not be in a union. Like they just won't hire you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then there's the other extreme, which is video games and there are no unions and everyone is being hella abused and run into the ground. hundred hours a week. Yeah. For Um, for peanuts, literal peanuts. (laughs) Um, And they're happy to do it. And they are there, but like, and the culture is like, No, this is part of the thing. You do have to work, you know, 100 hour whatever and, you know, only get paid your nine to five, even though you're mostly working overtime. By the way, God of War, game of the year, last year, was almost entirely produced in crunch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Red Dead Dead 2, they were talking about working 100 hour (laughs) work weeks. Um, Which is insane. And so, like... I don't know at what level that needs to happen, but like the other thing too is that it gets kind of scary if it's too connected. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can have like cartels form and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, oh, I get start our own cartel. <laughs> get the union started. I mean, like the we, literal. We could, just, we could start a union and call it a cartel. <gasps> yes. Ooh, I was gonna say start the union for the sole purpose of creating of starting a, rival a cartel. cartel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my that was my thing. But we can do your thing too. That works. Uh, that actually might be more because like, uh, and this is the funny thing. Uh, this can be a sort of because we're getting really dry. Uh, but <laughs> the. The thing about, like, rock music and, like, punk and all this stuff, it's all about, like, uh, fight the power and stuff. Yeah. Like, fuck organization. Yay, anarchy right. is sort of the whole thing. Yeah. But it's also, like, hey, we need to make money and, like, you need to join a union. And yeah. You have to, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sign up this – sign this paperwork and make sure uh-huh. that you vote on our board I mean, and I stuff. I think collective like, bargaining is punk. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. Fun <laughs> Anarcho-capitalism, but not quite fully, like, But minus anarchy. the anarcho yeah. and plus the capitalism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually just capitalism and, uh... <laughs> Once we sign... Capitalism the- asterisks. <laughs> Once we sign our CBA, we'll have the most kick-ass basement shows you've ever fucking seen. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it is this, this weird thing in that, like, we're selling... Rebellion. rebellion, yeah, <laughs> dude. Welcome to fucking marketing. Yeah, man. yeah. No, it's, that's it's, it, dude. They figure that out. And it's probably why like people yeah. hated Green Day. American Idiot is. I mean, that's why I hate Green Day in general. Is because they <laughs> your face just like <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, is that like they have they took the sound of punk rock, which is all about like fuck. You know, yeah, DIY, hyper capitalism and fuck like, you know, so do it all yourself and yeah, fight the power. But also like we're very mainstream and we're very much feeding off of that. And so yeah. we're actually just selling the idea of punk rock I mean, if while you not do, being punk rock If whatsoever. you want to do a third episode, we can <laughs> fight about American Idiot. Oh my God. I don't want to be on that episode. Jesus. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a thing, but like it, it, it's the, it's the duality of the idealism version mm-hmm. of art and the real life capitalism mm-hmm. version. Where, right. And you know, don't I mean, let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Like if there's things that we can do that maybe yeah, yeah, don't yeah, yeah. reflect those individualist punk rock values, but yeah. get the community closer to being able to be independent mm-hmm. and yeah. being able to, you know, Speak freely, be able to be exposed to more people and communicate those ideas more importantly, then I think that's better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, because it is kind of weird because you, you reach a certain threshold in, like, a career where that gets really blurry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, or as a... Alex Sanchez, who I was talking to recently, called just like rich person's disease. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like at some point, like Aziz Ansari's comedy was just like, hey, I have this story about a celebrity that I hung out with. And it's like, you're not relating to literally anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I feel weird about it. Or like a, like Banksy, for example. Yeah. Uh, is another of super rebellious art, but he's also making like millions of dollars selling super rebellious art. 
Yeah. So like, uh, and that's yeah. How you feel I about Banksy? I, <laughs> I I don't know enough about Banksy to have an opinion. Me neither. <laughs> I think everybody just needs to grow the fuck up. Art is dead. Get over it. <laughs> Sell your fucking music. And if you if you want to play, uh, I'm, I'm speaking intensely satirical for everybody listening. But like, honestly, like it just depends on how you want to see the world. If you if you want to sell your art, then fucking go do it. And somebody calls you to sell out. Okay, fuck them. Who cares? Yeah. You're making however much money to do this shit. Who cares? Yeah. You can't hear them over your swimming pools full of money. <laughs> Who cares? If you want to play acoustic guitar in a little cafe on a fucking, you know, some some far off city somewhere and play for tips... Then fucking do it, man. And then move to Seattle. Then you, in your <laughs> mind, are a more genuine, authentic human. Yeah. And good. I hope that allows. I hope that makes you feel full because you you're going to need night. some money. I yeah, hope, yeah. I mean, hopefully, I'm just, I, I'm just saying. You know, it, it's kind of a silly debate to have because it's like, man, just decide what. Just, hopefully, the coffee shop will pay you in baguettes. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> man, just just do fucking figure it out. Do whatever you want to do. Who cares? That's why I don't like the. It's so expensive. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, we're already not making enough money. Oh, it's yeah, it's an expensive ass hobby. If yeah. you if you buy this like five thousand dollar amp, maybe this time mm -hmm. it'll work. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you spend if you spend an extra day in the studio, an extra, you know, nine hundred dollars or whatever, then maybe you can uh, maybe your record will be good enough for someone to hear it. Yeah. I resent that. <laughs> I often think an extra $900 in the studio would make all the difference. Oh, I, think you're, I think you're definitely right. I think you're definitely right. I don't have that $900. Right. So, and yeah. we have to get oh so sensitive out, and we forgot to say anything about it. We're supposed to say it at the beginning. <laughs> oh So Sensitive is Off-Brand's hot new single, and it's out now on Spotify and YouTube and Napster and Apple Music and all of, all of the places. All of that, it's out Title. there. It's on title. You, you guys on on title? Yep. Yeah. We should have fucking said it at the beginning. <laughs> so you can just edit this in. Yeah, splice, I, I could, yeah, yeah. Splice over a voiceover and be like, off brands, new song. Oh, so sensitive. I could Available just now. just put this ending section at the beginning and then just leave it at the end as well. There you yeah. go. So they hear sure. it twice. Be, You're oh. hearing this twice. That'd be perfect. Efficiency. <laughs> well, we solved the local music scene. Yep, we, we did it. it. Nothing else to do. Now we need We're someone done. to actually do all the work yeah. of Everybody making all the things happen. Yourself, yeah, and then we've done it. And also make sure that we get all the credit. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, all you need to do off is Brandon Santiago. Somebody <laughs> call Amen and tell him exactly what to link him to this podcast, <laughs> and then he'll just go nuts and he'll do this whole thing, and then we'll claim credit for it. And that's all we need. There you go. <laughs> Solved it. Sweet. Thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, no, it. thank you guys for doing it and the, this interesting conversation. Uh, anything else to plug? Do we have any shows coming up? This is May after, 9th. Yeah, after May 9th. We have, I think we're going to have two shows in June. We might have, we're looking at booking one in Norman, and we definitely have a show in Oklahoma City June 28th, I Where? believe. I don't remember. It'll be on our Facebook page and probably our everything yeah. else. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, those are our main spots. We also have a Twitter and a YouTube account where we post behind-the-scenes videos. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's, that's what we got. Thanks for <laughs> listening, everybody. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Thanks for having us on. Thank you guys for doing it. I think I'm trying to think if I have any upcoming shows after, after May 9th. May Dude, 9th. I, want, I want to hear that recital. Uh, I was working whenever you were doing it. No, it's all so. good. Um yeah, that'll be up and around. Excuse me, you didn't. No, I mean it is a recital, but composition. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> um, it'll be around. Maybe you can find it right now. Maybe you should check my website. Uh, <laughs> Cryptic. Uh, well, because I don't know. Yeah. Time works in forwards and backwards and circular it's ways. All wibbly wobbly. Yeah. Tiny winy <laughs> stuff. Um, I mean. My cosplay group is going to be performing at Akon in Dallas and at Tokyo and Tulsa. Who are you cosplaying as? I didn't know you did cosplay. Uh, hey, I do cosplay. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll be doing skits in the cosplay contest. So go to the cosplay contest if you're going to be at 
either Akon or Tokyo and Tulsa. That like tiny fringe of people who listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, it looked like you were about to say something. Oh, I said, there you go. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find everything I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music, download or pay for my demo. You can check out anything else that I have on my website. Uh, comment, leave reviews on the podcast. Let me know what you think. Uh, if you would honestly like to make the union thing happen, I guess, like, talk to everyone else, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. 